Washington Commanders secondary has been a dumpster fire this season, but does that mean that Cameron Curl isn't coming back next season? That question and more on today's mailbag episode of Locked on Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders insider program. You'll get news, inside information, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone via text message, plus you get one-on-one conversations with me again via text message. Always excited to welcome new insiders to join the program today. Get in on the fun. Go to jointsubtext.com slash commanders to sign up for that. I'm David Harrison, your host of the program on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering your Washington commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday along with our everydayers and everydayers, you already know, I salute you. I appreciate your continued support for the show. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to look at every level. There's only two. But we're going to look at both levels of the secondary, uh, current future, near-term future, and long-term future. I'm going to tell you why Emmanuel Forbes possibly needs to be back in the starting lineup for good. But first, we're going to talk about safety, Cameron Curl. And this is our mailbag episode. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you look at the banner to uh, to the to the right of your screen as you're watching it. And you can tell this is a secondary heavy mailbag uh, this week, guys. Jay Martell dropped a question on YouTube, I believe. Uh, he said, mailbag question. Super excited. I'm super excited, too. What would you pay a guy like Cam Curl? this offseason now this is a conversation we have had before uh and i will i will freely admit that i have rubbed some people the wrong way with my evaluation of cam curl's contract coming up but i will i will tell you like i say then i'll say it again in the future this evaluation of cam curl's contract is not based on what i necessarily think that he's worth or how much i think that he's worth it's just me kind of looking at the way the nfl is treating safeties and they're not treating safeties as poorly necessarily as they're treating running backs but it's not very far off. Safeties are certainly one of the more underpaid positions in the National Football League. And it seems like every year we have this conversation in the offseason of certain safeties specifically, but safeties in general, just not getting the contracts that a lot of people expect them uh, to get. So when I do these evaluations, I do tend to lowball the number on a safety contract simply because I don't have a lot of faith that the NFL system is going to get back uh, to paying guys the way that necessarily they should be paid. So I just want to make that clear because I think the number is going to come in a little bit lower than a lot of people think uh, he should get, could get, and certainly wants to get, right? So Cam Girls in the final year of his rookie deal, four-year contract that began in 2020, uh, and currently this season he's on pace to set career highs in tackles, solo tackles, assists, near career highs in sacks, tackles for loss, and quarterback hits. He's currently on pace, Cam Curl is, to have 137 tackles this season, one and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, and three quarterback hits. Now, the thing that's really kind of holding back his evaluation from a production standpoint is that he hasn't had a single interception since his rookie season, which even for a safety uh, that's used more in the box than many other safeties, 
Uh, that's not good. You need to, you, you still need to be getting at least some interception production. Now, looking at last year's numbers for safeties, uh, five safeties last year hit the number of sacks, tackles for lost quarterback hit projections that Cam Curl is currently set to hit. None of those safeties that hit those numbers uh, had 137 tackles. So that's an advantage to Cam Curl. Uh, but the five safeties that did hit similar numbers were Derwin James of the Los Angeles Chargers, Donovan Wilson of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Talanoa Hafunga of the San Francisco 49ers, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills, and Antoine Winfield Jr. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the problem here is that all of those safeties had at least one interception except for DeMar Hamlin. So when you look at which player from 2022's total numbers most closely resembles the stat line that Cameron Curl is on pace to set this season, uh, that's DeMar Hamlin, um, who... Uh, finished last season with six tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, one and a half sacks, and 91 tackles. That's more tackles for loss, the exact same quarterback hits and sacks, and 46 fewer tackles, which is a big gap, right? That's a, that's a very large number. Uh, and both of them had no interceptions last, last season. Now, overall, Hamlin's production last year was better than Cam Curl's when you look at 22 to 2022 uh, side by side. But Hamlin is also on a rookie deal. So he's really not a great comparison. There's not a whole lot of money comparisons you can do uh, in that situation. So really, we have to use Donovan Wilson of the Dallas Cowboys as a comp because he signed a new deal this offseason for three years, $21 million. Obviously, that's a $7 million per year average. And in 2022, Wilson collected 101 total tackles, five sacks, seven tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits, and he had an interception. So more sacks, more tackles for loss, more quarterback, quarterback hits, and of course the interception uh, than Curl is on pace to have this season, but fewer tackles by about 30 to 35. Now, inflation is always the thing, right? So there's uh, the contracts are always getting inflated every single year. But I think if you had to stop the season right now, that's about what Cam Curl is, is looking at getting probably from a starting point of a conversation. Again, you've got your starting point, you got your end point. You know, and usually you're, you're kind of somewhere in the middle when everything is said and done. Three years, $21 million. Uh, Wilson got a little over $20 million guaranteed, so it's actually a pretty good deal for him. Uh, but it's likely that Curl's going to want even more. And when you look at him functionally, Curl's 2022 grades were higher in just about every single category except for pass rush over Wilson. So, again, the play on the field, the stats are one part of it, but the play on the field certainly is another part of it. So if you're only stat scouting, you're looking at Donovan Wilson saying, okay, that's a fairly good start point, right? But get beyond the stats. Um, we look at grades. That's where pro football focus kind of says, okay, let's go snap by snap, film by film and compare these guys. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't watched a whole lot of Donovan Wilson football. So I can't sit here and say, this is where cam curl is better based on my observations. But what I can tell you uh, from, from pro football focus is that cam curl currently is, is the 24th highest graded safety in the NFL. Uh, his run defense grade is 46th overall tackle grade is 17th pass rush grade is 93rd coverage grade is 16th. Uh, and that averages out to about 39th overall, which is much lower than I think we really think that he is. And when you, if you weigh those things, uh, you know, your pass rush grade from a safety, not all that important. Your run defense uh, from a safety is not important in the way the PFF grades it, right? PFF grades it like stuffs and, and all those stuff. And you're not asking your safety typically to go in there, get, get those, those types of plays. Tackling is really important for a safety. Coverage is really important for a safety. And that's where Cam Crow comes in 17th, 16th in the National Football League. So that is where you get beyond the stats a little bit. They're still kind of stats, but at least those numbers are based on player evaluation and tape, not just uh, what, the, what the stat box says, right? So this season, uh, Cam Crow's numbers are down across the board in, in evaluation and PFF. So the stats are up a little bit. The, the grades are down a little bit, which certainly isn't going to help. But I know 
that there's been rumors, uh, you know, there are reports that Curl wants like seven million a year, and his spot track value estimation is fifteen million per year. Uh, so I think that's the range, um, or what he wants more than seven million per year. I'm sorry, that's what Donald Wilson got. He's definitely going to want more than seven million per year. Spot track values him at about fifteen million per year. So I think that's the window you're looking at. I think the Commanders are probably going to come in seven to eight, nine million a year. Curl's camp is probably going to come in close to that fifteen million number. And I think eventually, you probably, if all things stay the same. I think you probably settle in around that $10, $11 million a year mark. Maybe it's $10 million, or maybe it's $12 million per year on average, but the guarantees work out. It's about $10 million per year um, on a three-year deal. Three years, $30 million guaranteed, uh, potentially up to, uh, what would it be, uh, $50, 55000000 million uh, in total incentives and all those stuff. Again, the, the lack of, of interceptions and the down year in his evaluations. And yes, like it or not, PFF grades are used and mentioned uh, in negotiations by both sides. Franchises use them. Players use them. Uh, it is a thing. So that's kind of where I would project now. I think the floor, uh, you know, the, the floor that any franchise is going to try to get him for because they're trying to save money is going to be seven million a year. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think his his locker room presence, his on field execution is going to bring him much more uh, towards the 10, 11 uh, million dollar range. And then he's probably going to want like the 14, 15 million dollar range. And we'll see where, uh, you know, which side buckles first. Right. So the status of the coaching staff obviously has a lot to do with it. Scheme is going to have a lot to do with it. And whether or not Josh Harris decides to change the staff. Uh, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to re-sign any players uh, until you know what you're going to do with your coaching staff. So we'll have to watch out for that as the offseason gets nearer. I don't think that any new uh, contracts are going to get done the remainder of this season. So while Cameron Curl is left wondering right now where he might be playing football next year and into his future, rookie Emmanuel Forbes is trying to figure out how much football he's going to play. I'm going to tell you that he should play, barring any further ejections, more than he has in recent weeks, except for last week in New England. Uh, and I'll tell you why coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Score. This NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers. If you're new to FanDuel, you get a $150 uh, bonus in bonus bets. You get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that wins. That's $150 if your team wins. Right now, the Washington Commanders are currently nine and a half point favorites to beat the New York Giants next week in FedEx Field. Uh, with the over-under on that for total points scored is at the 36 and a half points. If you think the commanders are going to pull this off, but you don't necessarily like getting the nine and a half points spotted, go ahead, put a $5 money line bet on the Washington commanders. And if you're a new customer and that bet pays out, you'll get the winnings, but you'll also get $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. Plus, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and, of course, money lines. My favorite thing is to build my own parlays. 
They're a little bit more risky, uh, but they're incredibly exciting, and I have a lot of fun doing it. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get winning this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Thanks again for making Locked On Command is your first listen, your first view today and every day. Locked On has launched its first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts on Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel channel that's right first of its kind 24 7 every day or thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do let's get into the next question in the mailbag this one's coming from insider rob and he says he hasn't played bad recently but does emmanuel forbes deserve a starting spot back in the washington commanders lineup and here's what i'm going to tell you kind of kind of i know that's that's such a on the fence answer isn't it? i'm going to tell you why here in just a minute despite the ejection uh, I still felt like it was worth diving into what he did against the Seattle Seahawks because we already know he had a really great week playing the New England Patriots, right? 91 overall grade from pro football focus, easily the highest of his career, played 75% of the defensive snaps. It's kind of one of those like I'm back kind of games. Did that carry on into week 11? So even though we only see five snaps, I felt like it was still some value in breaking this down. So, uh, so play number one, first and 10 at the Seattle 25. All these plays on the first Seahawks possession of the game because that's the the drive that the ejection happened on. Uh, Seattle comes out 11 personnel. Washington is lined up in his own look with Forbes lined up on the strong side of the offense. The tight end is in line, and they've got three receivers and a bunch on the weak side opposite of Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, Quarterback Geno Smith is in shotgun, and the running back is lined up weak side to Geno Smith's left side. So if you can envision that, uh, Washington's running cover three here. So Forbes has the far third of the field even though he's actually lined up inside the numbers because of the offensive alignment, because the tight end is in line, Emmanuel Forbes shrinks inside, reduces down inside, gets closer to the box. Now his responsibility when this ball is snapped is to cover the open strong side third of the field. If Seattle comes out in a pass play and his, his responsibility is to contain and force the run inside. If it's a run play at the snap, running back Kenneth Walker, the third is in motion. He executes a play action with Geno Smith. For my taste, Emmanuel Forbes bites up on the play action a little too much, but because he's got super long legs and he's got really good burst, once he sees that Walker doesn't have the ball, he's able to bounce back out and do his own pretty quickly. Now, on this play, Smith gets the ball out very fast. It goes to the opposite side of the field, so there's really no issue with his backside pursuit. Once the ball comes out, uh, that's pretty much all you can evaluate from there. The angle was good. The effort was good uh, overall. Not a bad rep for Emmanuel Forbes. Again, I would, don't, wouldn't want him to, to dive that much uh, on a play action, but it wasn't like it was super detrimental or anything, um, even if they went that way. Play number two, third and six, Seattle 39. Seattle comes out 11 personnel again, but this time they're in a 10 alignment. So one running back, one tight end, but the tight end is split out like a wide receiver. They got two receivers and the tight end bunched on the right side of the formation, which is the strong side of the formation, and one receiver, DK Metcalf, lined up to the weak side by himself outside the numbers. The running back is weak side left of the quarterback in shotgun. Washington is once again showing zone pre-snap and Forbes is in press alignment on DK Metcalf. Washington comes out and cover six. on, on So on this side of the play or on his side of the play, Forbes side of the play, Washington is doing a cover four look while the opposite side, uh, the two receivers and the tight ends where they are is more of a cover two from the Washington defense at the snap. Forbes doesn't physically challenge DK Metcalf's release and instead gives him a clean line up the field, but stays on his hip, shadows his release, does all those things 
And they both work, Metcalf and, and Forbes, both work up towards Cam Curl, who was covering the deep quarter of the field in that cover four uh, look. Metcalf tries to give Forbes a little bit of a stutter step halfway down the field to shake him, but out of his break uh, before stays with him uh, step for step and has Smith. Uh, it had Smith tried to target Metcalf, Forbes and Curl are in a great position to make a play. So obviously the ball doesn't go there. Definitely a solid, solid rep for Emmanuel Forbes and Cam Curl for what, for what it's worth. Play number three. First and 10 at the Washington 41-yard line. Uh, Seattle comes out in 11 personnel with a 10 look again. Two receivers in the tight end are uh, on the right side, strong side. Metcalf is again by himself on the weak side, short side of the field. And again, Forbes is lined up on the offense's weak side, lined up across from uh, DK Metcalf. He wasn't following DK. They just happened to put him there uh, multiple times. Again, Washington shows zone pre-snap. They're running cover one, which typically features man coverage underneath, single high deep safety in zone coverage. The Seahawks use motion and linebacker David Mayo goes with the running back, which gives away the underneath man coverage at the snap. Forbes is seven yards off the line of scrimmage and off coverage. Another sign of man coverage, especially against a guy like DK Metcalf. Metcalf comes off the line at the snap with an inside slant release, breaks it down, breaks outside. Forbes crashes down as Geno Smith's eyes lock onto DK Metcalf. Smith doesn't throw the ball to Metcalf. Instead, he is flush from the pocket. Uh, eventually throws it out to his running back in the opposite flat. Now, it's good coverage and execution from Forbes in my eyes because, honestly, if Smith throws to Metcalf, he probably completes the ball. But it's 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 if it's too inside, uh, Emmanuel's going to pick it off. If it's too far outside, then DK is probably not going to get to it. But if it's on the on the dot, Metcalf's probably going to get it. It'll be a five-yard gain or so, so you're looking at second and five. It's a successful play for the offense, but not a great play for the offense. Instead, because of Emmanuel crashing down on the route, uh, Gino holds the ball. The Seahawks get the ball out the other way, and they're actually called for a holding penalty that would not have happened had Emmanuel Forbes let DK Metcalf have too much room and Geno Smith try to deliver the ball that way. Play number four, first and 20, the 49. Seattle's in 11 again. 11 alignment. Tight end is in line on the strong side. Left side, Tyler Lockett's outside the numbers. Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba are split wide to the right with Metcalf outside the numbers. Far split. Washington's in a man look. Forbes is on the defensive right side across from Lockett on the strong side of the formation. He's in normal coverage alignment, and this hits at, hints at zone coverage behind him because of Lockett's speed. You usually give those guys a little bit more space. Turns out the commanders are running cover two, so Forbes is responsible for the intermediate fifth of the underneath zone on his side while the two safeties play deep, and the middle linebacker gets at depth uh, depending on what's happening in front of him. The Seahawks use running back motion to expose the zone before the snap and at the snap. Forbes actually shades in front of Tyler Lockett's route to try to cast him off course a little bit and doesn't draw a flag while doing it. Smith's eyes are firmly downfield, not on the back. Uh, he allows himself to drip back a little bit. And despite the running back in the flat, uh, it was a good area of responsibility coverage by Emmanuel Forbes. Smith goes over the middle to the tight end. The linebackers converge to make the stop. Final play, play five, second and 14, Washington 45. Unfortunately, this is the ejection play, but Seattle comes out in 10 uh, personnel. Forbes is on the short side of the formation. Uh, Kenneth Walker is split wide. That immediately hints zone because you got a corner on a, on a running back. Nobody's covering DK Metcalf directly in the slot. Forbes is also off, so he's got two safeties lined up deep, which hints at quarters coverage or cover three, uh, depending on what the safeties do at the snap. At the snap, Forbes and Fuller continue to drop back. Curl comes down into a closer zone coverage, revealing cover three. Here's where the match zone comes in because the match zone, they don't just come down to their zone and pass guys off. No, they link you onto a guy. They attach to him like a barnacle on a boat and they carry him. Emmanuel Forbes is carrying Kenneth Walker when Tyler Lockett clears the linebackers, comes into Emmanuel Forbes' area. Emmanuel breaks off a walker, makes a play uh, on, the, on, the, on the receiver and ends up getting ejected for the hit. Honestly, 
looking back at it on tape, on coach's tape, uh, it's a bad play, guys. It's a very bad play. And Emmanuel Forbes absolutely deserved uh, to get uh, uh, ejected. What can we tell from those five snaps? Solid man take technique, solid zone technique, not panicking against top shelf opponents, not overplaying anything. And Jack Del Rio is using him in multiple looks. Emmanuel Forbes, five snaps. He's on the field in cover one, cover two, cover three, and cover six, all of which have different responsibilities. So it's showing continued growth, continued understanding of the scheme and his responsibilities. Basically, he's on his way to another strong showing, stacked on top of his career high 91 grade in, in week 10. Does he deserve to be starting moving forward? That answer is yes from a talent standpoint. It might be a no based on what the Washington Commanders are facing in the future. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick a combo projection across football and basketball from their specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or different leagues. I pick three players for projections every Thursday night, and I like to throw in a basketball player here or there. The, the Washington Wizards are in action again Wednesday night. I might go ahead and throw some action that way. Whatever I want to do, I know Price Picks has got me. So if you want to get in on it, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that promo code locked on NFL at pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping up our mailbag episode here at Locked On Commanders, and everything's kind of bleeding into each other. We talked about Cam Curl in the opening segment, broke down a lot about Emmanuel Forbes in the second segment. And I know the question wanted to know, does he deserve to start moving forward? And the answer is yes and no. And I'm going to tell you why, because it bleeds right into this question from Michael. Washington, Washington's defense tops the league in passing yards and touchdowns allowed. What part of the secondary do you feel should be addressed now? And the same question for the offseason. And that's where... Things get a little bit tricky. Michael, an insider, greatly appreciate that question. Uh, the trading of Chase Young and Montez Sweat signaled in a lot of ways a shift in the way that Washington is approaching building the roster. Coach Rivera uh, acknowledged that as well. But what is the shift? That's kind of what the question is, right? To me, it looks like a shift in making everyone basically prove that they're worth long-term investments before committing to them. That goes for players and it goes for coaches. So keeping the focus on the secondary this group currently has Benjamin St. Juice, Emmanuel Forbes, Christian Holmes, Danny Johnson, Quan Martin, Percy Butler, Derek Forrest under contract for 2024. So that's four corners, two safeties and a Quan Martin, who's a corner or a safety, depending on how you want to play him. Right. So that's that's not a terrible group of guys. It's a lot of young potential, undeveloped or not fully developed talent. Uh Tariq Castro Fields, Terrell Burgess, Kendall Fuller, Jeremy Reeves, Troy Apke, in one way or another, are, are free agents. Some of them are restricted. Some of them are exclusive rights, all that stuff. But they're, in some way, shape, or form, free agents of some kind. The big decisions that have to be made are obviously on Kendall Fuller, Jeremy Reeves, and Camp Curl. Already talked about Curl. J Revo, I mean, he's an all-pro special teams guy, solid safety. I mean, you know, uh, you certainly love to see him come back. But Kendall Fuller is really kind of the question here, right? Because... When you talk about the scope of the season, Kendall Fuller is going to be around 29 years old when the Super Bowl comes. The big reason that I don't necessarily see this ownership group keeping Kendall Fuller around is because of that factor, because you're only going to get one year out of him under the age of 30. You're looking at 
long term here. You're looking at the, the the road ahead. You got a first round draft pick in Forbes. Benjamin St. Juice is entering the last year of his rookie deal next year. Uh, and you got Quan Martin. You got some other young guys. And who knows what you're going to do in the NFL draft, right? So to me, that looks like the most likely guy to, to possibly be departing this group. So you could make the argument of, well, if Kendall Fuller is not going to be part of the team's future, bench him and put Emmanuel Forrest, Benjamin St. Juice out there with maybe Danny Johnson, figure out what you have in those three so that you can make a smarter decision moving forward. And certainly there's some credence to that. The problem here is that Kendall Fuller has been pretty solid this year. Not amazing, not perfect, but he's been solid. Um, and you don't want to give that up because the NFC is not running away from the Washington Commanders in the playoff picture, right? I know that nobody wants to talk about playoffs right now. Um, I wrote an article for commandercountry.com about playoffs, and I got some comments about playoffs. You're talking about playoffs? And I get it. But the, the truth of the matter is, like, we're not even to Thanksgiving yet. By the time we get to Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Rams, this team could be right back in the playoff and could be in a playoff spot even if the chips all fall. Correct. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying they're not that far out of the playoff picture right now, right? So you want to stay as competitive as you possibly can, but you also want to get some looks at your young guys. And that's why I say yes or yes and no, because Emmanuel Forbes certainly needs to get his reps. Benjamin St. Juice certainly needs to get his reps. And Benjamin St. Juice, you kind of want to leave him out there as much as possible because, again, he's entering the final year of his rookie contract. He's due to make $1.36 million next year with a dead cap figure of $267,000 if he's traded or released. And I'm not saying you need to release him or trade him or you should or, or shouldn't. Um, not a really a big saving, so there's no push to get rid of him, uh, but nothing preventing them from trading or releasing him. If someone, say, wants to give you a fifth rounder or a fourth rounder and you feel like it's worth it, right? At safety... You're pretty much stuck based on injuries with Curlin Butler leading the group. Martin getting some safety reps now, again, because of those injuries, uh, depending on what Derek Forrest, when he comes back, if he comes back. And I wouldn't say the team should go away from that anyway until Derek Forrest gets back. So not likely to create a whole bunch of movement or improvement this season, to be quite honest with you, because there's not a lot of options. There's not a lot of real free agents out there that are available. Tread deadlines passed. So that's not going to happen. As for the offseason, I think right now the most likely course, again, is letting Fuller walk in hopes that he gets a deal elsewhere that lands you a 2025 compensatory pick, which is another reason you want to leave him on the field because if he does well enough to draw attention from other teams in free agency, he gets a good enough contract, gets enough playing time. You know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe ends up a pro bowler. Uh, it sucks to see him thrive somewhere else, but you get that comp pick uh, the next year. I'd like to see Cameron Curl back, but again, I think that's very coach staff dependent. Uh, so I think I'm looking at a mid-round corner in the NFL draft to come in and either provide depth behind St. Juice or compete with St. Juice in training camp. And I'm looking at another safety in the sixth or seventh rounds to add back-end depth uh, while hopefully guys like Derek Forrest get healthy and hopefully Cam Curl uh, is back. Now, the better that Derek Forrest looks when he comes back from injury, if he comes back from injury, uh, makes it harder actually to bring Cam Curl back because they're very similar type safeties. So depending on who the coaching staff is, if the coach staff kind of looks at Derek Forrest says, we got this guy, we don't need Cam Curl to be another guy, we'll move forward. Um, so, again, very coaching staff dependent. Looking at free agents next year, Antoine Winfield Jr. is the crown jewel of the safety class uh, from free agency standpoint. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers somehow let this dude out the door, I mean, Washington's got to go full bore at him. You know what I mean? This is a guy who deserves, you know, to use an NBA term, a max contract. Like, that is that dude is a dude who sends shockwaves around the NFL if he was actually available. I would be shocked if the Buccaneers let him out. But if he does, you got to go for him, right? couple cornerbacks, Jalen Johnson from the Chicago Bears. He asked for a trade this this season, didn't happen, but it's unlikely that he's coming back. He's turning 25 next season, so still very young. Chiefs cornerback, Legereus Sneed, just young enough to still have a full potential uh, picture in the long term. Uh, again, both those guys are different scheme fits, so again, it depends on the coaching staffs. They're certainly going to make a difference, right? But if you get Winfield, guys, you got to go get Winfield. I'll tell you, if you want a defense with some teeth, Antoine Winfield Jr. will bring, bring some 
fight. You guys brought the heat on this mailbag episode. Hopefully, I answer all those questions to your satisfaction. Coming up tomorrow, we got crossover Thursday. Patricia Trena and I, uh, Locked On Giants, Locked On Commanders, will be talking about this week's game. In the meantime, you got questions or comments, throw them in the YouTube comment section. Find me on Twitter or text me directly as a locked insider at jointsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. Don't forget, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top stories of the day with local experts on Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.